The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I'm storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is. Hi, I'm Bex. I have experience teaching across the primary school age range. I also have been previously been a deputy head and also am involved in initial teacher training. Hi, I'm Abby Marison, Education Programme Manager from Festival Bridge, and I was a primary school teacher for 10 years. And today we are exploring science learning outcomes with this week's folktale from rural England. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Farmer and the Boggart. There you can sign up to become an epic educator, which will let you stream a video for your children of me telling the story, get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the colossally colourful Mario Coelho, download the full audiobook anytime, and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Abby and Bex here. And because we've got a farmer in this story and also an exploding boggart, I'm sure there's plenty of science learning activities that you could pull out for it. Bex, do you want to kick us off today? I'd love to. Uh, So, yes, loads and loads of science. That was the first thing that I thought of when reading this story. Normally it's English to me, but I was like, no, there's so many science opportunities. Obviously, the children study um, plants in all Mm. year groups, but just really thinking about the specifics for your older children. So our years three and above, so eight and upwards, is particularly the children need to learn about the requirements for life and growth of a plant. Mm. So really studying um, the different types of plants, what farmer Rob and the Boggart need to provide um, in in order for that plant um, to grow and survive. And I think as well, um, I always remember my my children being fascinated with seeds um, Mm. and how tiny seeds are and then they turn into these massive plants. Um, So like studying all the different types of seeds and um, how they get get dispersed and how they um, reproduce and and all of that. And I I remember the Coco de la Mer seed coming to Cambridge, which is the biggest seed in the world. Um, And the children were just fascinated by seeds. Um, But your class might not be as fascinated by seeds as mine were at that time. But just (laughs) be aware there's some massive seeds out there. And then thinking about um, other science opportunities for the older children. Can I ask about that? Because I've never heard of this. What what did you you say? The the Coco? Coco de la Mer. And, And how big was it exactly? I can't remember. I'd have to Google. But it it's massive. And it was at the Botanical Gardens in Cambridge. And was it one of those ironic things where um, this really massive seed produces like a daisy or something? I'll put all the information onto a, onto the lesson plan um, yeah, within please do. the seeds section. And thinking of, as well, just thinking of some more science ideas in um, year three, you've got the only time where rocks and soils are studied. That's your eight-year-olds. They're studying rocks and soils, which can can think how dull and boring. But in this context, in a farming story, how exciting! Um, So you have we could think about okay, which soil is um, most likely to be in the village of Mumby? We can Mm -hmm. research that because it's low. um, It's in um, Lincolnshire. Lincolnshire um, and looking at the type of soil that's there, then working out okay, so which crops can would 
been most successful to grow after the bog it's gone because like the the crops that are grown with the bog it we're not sure if that's his magical powers growing them really successfully or that um farmer rob's an excellent farmer i'm thinking it's farmer rob's an excellent farmer definitely but we can say after the bog it's gone we need to feed the village we need to get their nutrition up what are we going to grow Mm. in the different types of soil that are around lincolnshire depending on where farmer rob's farm is Mm. um in the in the location of mumby um so really thinking how the children can work it out so um in mumby which what's your soil like and what are you going to grow to get a really good harvest so mm. i was thinking that they'd really like um they they love um a challenge question as we've said um earlier in the week and i think for me as a teacher i really don't like giving them all the information i like giving the children the opportunity to go and research something to become the experts and then to kind of all bring it back together so i would definitely look at um rocks and soils it's a good way of blending it in with um, some of the math skills that you were talking about yesterday and looking at the relationship between maths and science because to work out, to complete that challenge, they are going to need to collect some data, aren't they, and record it and analyse it. And I suppose now how big their field is because if Mm -hmm. they've got a tiny little field, maybe um, the crop that would be best, or the seeds that would be best to plant won't be the ones that um, they were expecting because they've Mm. got a smaller field. So maybe we have to give them some parameters and some challenges like, or oh, this field is fallow. So the big field's fallow this year. So Farmer Rob's got to use the smaller field, which has this type of soil in it. What's yeah. he going to grow? Yeah, I got really excited about growing and um, <laughs> rocks and soils, which you don't say very often. Um, <laughs> and then for, the, for our oldest children, thinking about the science links for this story, they have to look at healthy eating in year five and year six and recognise the impact of diet on the way they're their bodies function so I was thinking first Mm. of all we've got this village who and a family who is surviving on one potato well that cannot possibly be enough which I know farmer Rob realizes very quickly but actually what is the effect of only having one potato what Mm. food group do they have what food groups don't they have what do we need to grow so then you can link it into the um what you're going to grow in your fields what do we need to get into their bodies really quickly so that they can become stronger and their bodies can function well? So you, And a really you've... sensitive one, Bex, don't you think, from following on from lockdown, that actually for some young people in our schools, the reality of not having enough food is mm. there. It's frightening. Mm. So um, one to deal with really, really sensitively. But But again, taking us back to our first session this week where we were talking about being good citizens, actually recognising that not everyone's got enough or, or got the amount that they need to feed their family. So I, I think that's that's got lots of potential as well. Yeah, thinking about practical ways that you can actually be that good citizen and going out and, and helping others. So you could link that all of this into kind of into our um, PSHE and to f- even food banks. So if you've got a local food bank, you can maybe get oh. the list and say, we did a reverse advent calendar once as a school where the children brought in something for a food bank as on their day of the advent calendar, instead oh. of opening up and getting like a chocolate for the whole for the whole class, they got they bought something in. So maybe you could do something like that in your class. Um, but I do, I agree that like health eating is a, a very sensitive topic. And particularly when you're looking, dealing with it with your year five and year six, you obviously might have some some children who are maybe struggling with their eating themselves personally um, mm. due to uh, mental health, due to other issues. So you really need to know your children as to know how factual to go um, and to make sure that you're looking after them really when you're discussing yeah. eating. 
And also, as we always say, going through a story is a safe way to to mm. look at these really difficult issues. It's funny, I, I also came up with healthy eating, but had a, a, a totally different slant. So it makes me think that I, I hadn't been as sensitive as you because I all I was thinking was the village of Mumby, everyone's got healthy food. Where's the donuts? Where's the brownies? Where's the... <laughs> so I was actually looking at it from a completely different perspective, just thinking actually in key stage one, they certainly have mm. to learn about food groups. They think about, you know, sugar and carbs and protein, and you should have smaller amounts of, of sugar. It's fine to have it, but, but how a balanced mm-hmm. diet comes about and actually talking about that balance, but addressing the five a day and really mm. sort of saying why it's important, why we, we try and encourage you to have that in your lunch boxes and to eat all of it when you've got your school dinner. So to, so to, to again, come down on the healthy eating side, but to just use it to address some of those those things that we want young people to to internalise. Well, I don't think you should feel bad about that at all, Abby, partly because uh, if you start exploring the different foods that are grown in Lincolnshire and the sorts of things that Farmer Rob himself might have been growing in Mumby, sugar beet is a really popular one. Um, and that's an, that's another vegetable that I'm, I'm sure that there are children who are going to be surprised by the fact that sugar is actually a plant. Um, I think I still meet adults who are surprised by the fact that sugar comes from plants. It's great learning, though, isn't it? Because you yeah. know that that's something that is locally grown, and you, you mm. can you can smell the sugar factory in Bury St Edmunds when you drive through it. Yes, which isn't always quite as pleasant. Not really. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't sound as doesn't sound as glamorous as, as you might think no but the other thing of course is that there is a, a benefit to sugary foods and the donuts and things that you were mentioning which is to mental health and yes you can go to excess with it but if your diet really did just consist of potatoes and peas for the whole time then yeah you probably wouldn't be as cheerful as you would be if you got to enjoy the occasional cake or the occasional uh, snack So there are plenty of ways that you can explore health and the the various needs that human beings have. Well, didn't Farmer Rob initially go to the pub? Well, yes, indeed, yeah. Alcohol for a small (laughs) amount of time. With your four to (laughs) seven-year-olds. Well, you can mention it, they'll know it exists. (laughs) They they always rat their parents out or parents and carers out when they're like, I spent the whole week, I went to the pub yesterday and my dad had a beer. Every time you meet them, you just think, oh, you had a beer yesterday. (laughs) So they definitely have been to the pub. Definitely my my young people wanted to take in uh, the corks from a bottle of wine for their their junk modelling. And and I was just (laughs) like, I don't really know where I stand on that one. (laughs) I don't don't know if that's, if I have a collection of corks, does that say? something about me (laughs) (laughs) the thing that it really made made me want straight away I I was just like Bex I thought science but I thought outdoors I thought I want to be outdoors as soon as I read the story so it's it's if that's not a possibility Mm. if a visit to an allotment uh, a farm as we were saying earlier in the week is is absolutely not, not a possibility bring in some supermarket produce um, and actually involve it in your home learning so say to the guardians and and parents at home when you're doing your weekly food shop whether you do do that online whether you you know you try and do it when the children aren't around try and include them in the conversation around what things that grow you're going to be purchasing so that they can just be part of that conversation and whatever is then brought into the classroom for them to investigate 
just helping them. Uh, I had a really interesting conversation with my children at the allotments a couple of weeks ago about things that grow on a tree, things that grow on a bush and things that grow underground. And they were asking, why isn't there a strawberry tree? Because they see this abundance of things that they're not as keen on, but they are mm. mad for strawberries and they, they just want to see a huge <laughs> tree full of strawberries. So it's talking about, well, strawberries grow on bushes. And, you know, then they'd say, well, bananas grow on trees. Where are the bananas? And it's those kind of conversations mm. around where, where food comes from and, and where it's grown. But being able to show them the actual real thing with the roots, with the shoots as well, you know, being able to see the bits that grow above ground, the bits mm. that grow below ground and really getting them to just inspect it. Uh, and another thing that I found that young children... Can, can I pause you just before you go on to that then and say it could be quite fun to have that discussion with children, maybe maybe before they hear the story or, or maybe before you retell the story and say, OK, well, if Farmer Rob doesn't have um, the same seeds that he has in the story, what else could he plant? Um, and allow your children to choose the the food that he grows, either from the point of what you were talking about earlier for, for the health benefits for the village or from what you've just been mentioning, the different kinds of foods that he's actually going to have available to him. And it, it makes me think of, of, of seeds and beans and the fact that, you know, to grow potatoes, you actually need a potato seed, a seeded mm. potato. And and that notion that, that Bex was talking about earlier where you, you, you'd have seeds in the school, well, you know, you can show them huge varying in in size of you know seeds and bulbs and all, all the kind of things that we have as a starter to, yeah. to grow things from yeah there's a lot there sorry i interrupted you though what was your other... no not at all and um, the other the other one i was I, I thought of was just i know that they go through a stage of uh identification so perhaps you might be working in a, a, if you're lucky enough to have a forest school area, or if you're just identifying local trees and taking the, the leaves and just saying, okay, let, let's name the different trees. So if, if you are doing something on identification anyway, you could actually take the leaf from a carrot, the leaf mm. from a strawberry and say, okay, what plant do you think is connected to this leaf? But only give them that bit of green and actually let them then what senses are you going to use? Are you going to try and smell it? Are you going to touch it? How are you going to work out? Because it's really useful for them to know that actually for people who are growing their food, they do need to know what is growing under that, mm. that particular leaf. So that if you were going to a brand new garden or a brand new farm and saying, I don't have a clue what's growing under there, you'd be able to tell mm -hmm. just by the leaf. So there's apps that you can use for that or you could use a a teacher who's very much in the know when it comes to these things or you could uh, ask an expert to come in and give you a hand on uh, leaf uh -huh. identification or just stick to the really simple one that you all know <laughs> there's some amazing um, leaf identification charts like for plants and trees mm. on um on like various various sites and um, we use them for when we go to our local uh, gravel pits so there's some great resources out there. Yeah, there certainly are. And thinking of what you were saying about using the different senses, starting with this story could be a great way of making sure they don't choose the sense of taste mm. so that they don't end up trying to identify the potato leaves, for example, um, by munching on them. Because they'll make you feel sick. Mm -hmm. Learn from the boggit. Very much. If you were going to be talking about making an allotment actually like making an allotment in the school would that be a science thing or a dt thing you can make it both 
I really like Beck's idea about making it a maths challenge for, for some uh-huh. of the older children and really getting them to to do some of that real life measuring. Well, if we have got a plot this size, how big do the beds need to be? Those kind of things. But yeah, you can you could actually um, ask them to design where things would go. But there's got to be some science behind it, hasn't there? Because you've got to know like we were talking about earlier, you've got to know what type of soil you've got. So then you know mm. what what kind of things will grow. And with the older children, as Bex was saying, you, you'll be getting them to research that and ask people. But you really just want, with the younger children, you want them asking lots of questions. Well, you know, mm. if, if you do manage to, to grow anything and it doesn't survive, well, explain to them it didn't get enough water, it didn't get enough sun. So those mm. real basics do start yeah, in the younger years, yeah. We once did a great potato growing competition where we gave each class and a lot like a, a raised bed and they had to work out what was the best way of growing and protecting their potatoes. So people researching things and people even pulled up people out other people's potatoes because it was so competitive and it would be a great thing to do because even the youngest children got involved even our early years and our year ones had their own plot and there you got you all got the same to start with but then you could do whatever you liked with what you've been given and so you all got the same size plot but then you could do and all got the same like potato kit and then you had to research it to see it was great and then we ate our potatoes so did they also have to start thinking about how they were going to protect their potatoes? Yes, so like coverings and oh, there was everything. Like people, TAs particularly were on Google late at night <laughs> trying to find out the best way to make their potatoes win. Um, and then we talked about even harvesting, which would again link back into our into the, the mass because some people had little potatoes, but they had loads of potatoes and therefore the weight of their potatoes was equal to you if you only had two big potatoes. So it was fascinating, like all the science and maths and technology, because then we made things out of our potatoes, like food, not just potato printing. And again, I'm thinking one way that you could maybe approach this if you have children who I suppose are, are not as into that sort of topic as others, you could you could use the, the story to guide them through it. So instead of actually telling the story with the boggart doing his magic, you, you could tell it in real time. You could have Farmer Rob plant the seeds and you could do this in your allotment and then you could wait until the plants have actually grown before you then tell the next part of the story that'd be great let's do that <laughs> exactly so they get they really do have to wait and see um what um advice number two is they do they do definitely need some advice number two that's all we have time for today folks and indeed this week if you try out any of these ideas or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners let us know on social media using at teach happily or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start that story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy effective and lifelong learning. We'll be back next week so Farmer Rob and the Boggart can help us plan lessons in history, geography, technology, art, music and physical education. I'm running out of breath here. But right now it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! Cheerio. And we we hope hope to hear hear your story story soon. soon.